In this edition of Hoopsology, Matt Thomas and Justin Goodrum discuss the huge NBA trade featuring Bradley Beal, NBA controversies with John Morant and Zion Williamson, and Jokic's fatigue with the mainstream media. Please email hoopsologypod at gmail.com and follow us on all social media platforms for our latest content. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We are a proud member of Underdog Podcast, and now Hoopsology's in the lab. Welcome to In the Lab with Hoopsology, first off-season edition. I am one of your two hosts, Matt Thomas, joined as always by my best friend and co-host, Justin Goodrum. Justin, how you doing, man? Doing really well. It's finally stopped raining up here, so I can't complain about yourself, man. Oh, man. We had a little bit of rain yesterday. I would love to have some today. We started our 90-degree weather week here in, in Albuquerque, so it's it's starting to heat up, starting to feel like summer. Uh, I was telling you earlier, I had kind of an old man moment, got some running shoes for a Father's Day gift, and took them out for a spin this morning, you know, just feeling all motivated and everything, have some minor goals with that, and uh, just got distracted by a sprinkler, funny enough, and took a bad step off the sidewalk, rolled oh, my ankle. Man. But thankfully, I should not be on the injured reserve tomorrow. I think if anything, minor sprain, I I could still move around. I could still hobble. All right. So, yeah. So we're playing just a tiny bit hurt. But, man, (laughs) I'm pumped because we have a ton of news to talk about. It's it's been over a week since the Denver Nuggets brought the first NBA championship to Denver. But lots of news has broken since then and that's what we're going to be focused on today breaking down some of the latest headlines and i want to start with a massive trade a a trade that was talked about for a long time bradley beal is someone we've talked about and covered with multiple reporters Uh, it was thought for a long time he would potentially be a lifelong wizard Not the case anymore. He is being sent to the Phoenix Suns, as you've probably already heard. The Suns send Chris Paul, Landry Shamit, and multiple second-round picks, as well as multiple pick swaps to the Wizards in exchange for Bradley Beal. Um, Go away, (laughs) pop-up. So Bradley Beal, Jordan Goodwin, and forward Isaiah Todd, who's on the last year of his rookie contract as the 31st pick from 2021. He's played mostly with their G League affiliate. This is from both Woj and Shams. Justin, a lot of mixed reviews on this trade out there, and I want to get your take on it. Do you think, I guess let's start simplistically with overall, is the trade helpful or harmful to the Phoenix Suns who obviously have a new excited owner and have title aspirations. Yeah. I think this plays from the Miami heat playbook of you have your core superstars and you kind of get some like scrap parts somewhere else. (laughs) I don't, I don't mean to refer to human beings that way, but I think we've seen this with kind of from Miami and Cleveland in terms of having your core stars and you kind of just get people, you know, that want to win a title. Um, just off the market. So I think this is very similar to that. Um, I had mixed emotions about this trade like you do. Um, I think from a Phoenix Suns perspective, 
Um, I do like it. I think it is an upgrade from Chris Paul for sure. I like Bradley Beal. I think he's going to be motivated. I think it's one of those things where we saw with DeMar DeRozan where I felt like he was shackled in San Antonio. And I think even in a Chicago Bulls situation, now granted they're going through their own problems, but when Lonzo Ball was healthy, I think you saw him really thrive there and really enjoy it. And I think you're going to see something very similar with Bradley Beal. So I like it. I like him for this team. My only concern is you got a lot of guys who want the ball. Um, Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, and um, Booker, as well as DeAndre Ayton, who has kind of been on the out. So if he stays with this team, I mean, unlike the Golden State Warriors, where I think there was a sense of unselfishness, I don't know if that's going to fly in Phoenix. So that would be my concern. Yeah, I'm a little less positive about this trade than you are, I think. I'm giving this trade just barely a passing score with Mm -hmm. a C-minus if if I have to grade it (laughs) like we're in class. Uh, And the reason I give it a pass is because with Chris Paul, I think the fit is better, but I think there are multiple legit concerns now. I mean, two years in a row in the playoffs where he just hasn't been available. So you have Bradley Beal, who in spite of some injury history himself, I do think he has a much better chance to be available. My concern on the floor right now is I don't really want Bradley Beal as a primary playmaker, and I don't really want Devin Booker. I know he has that capability. He showed it some in the playoffs, but it didn't really lead to much success for the Suns. I I don't really want either of those guys being primary playmakers. I I want them more getting the ball in certain sets, um, you know, off of screens, things like that, uh, through movement in the offense. Um, You know, and of course, We'll see how this works out for them. Um, But overall, right now, I think this also sets up a scenario for the Suns where if you want extra parts that are above just minimum contracts, just looking to get in the league, which I think you need if you're going to win a championship. If you look at the roster now, they just got Beal. They can't trade him. Uh, for some time anyway they're not trading booker no way they're not trading durant no way interestingly enough i think if you could trade durant back for the pieces they gave out they're in much better shape as a whole unit but that's not happening either let's be real so that leaves deandre ayton as your player who's most likely going to be traded for parts in my opinion just because i don't think especially with how the salary cap rules are adjusting. I don't think you can even afford to keep him, even though of those pieces, he he is kind of one of the logical pieces you would want in order to take on, if you're assuming the Denver Nuggets are going to be your top competition next year. He's one of those players that if he gets on fire defensively, if, if he's more engaged than he was certainly this last postseason, he presents a real threat to to Jokic you're never going to stop Jokic but maybe you slow him down a little bit and help your offense perform better than their offense does overall I don't think Beal gives them the extra firepower to get over the hump that is the Denver Nuggets because of the reason you mentioned that the the ball can only you only have a certain number of shots Bradley Beal has had impressive numbers. I believe it was two years ago, maybe three years ago, that Bradley Beal led the league in scoring, but he had a super high usage rate on that Wizards team. So I'm doubtful at best. I said a lot there. So I guess you're feeling overall that at this point in Chris Paul's career, he's probably 
not as helpful to the Suns, even if the fit is better compared to Bradley Beal. Yeah, I just think with Chris Paul at this point, you know, he's older, you know, the injuries. I mean, I, I come out here so many times in this country was, especially as yeah. the season is taking a ways. And I think with Bradley Beal, again, you have kind of two philosophies with teams. These, or, you know, kind of go for it all and just win the title, a kind of a kamikaze mission uh, for one or two seasons. So it looks like the Suns are going <laughs> for kind of go for it all and just kind of see what happens. So, Yep, and I, I think that's understandable. Um, you know, I can't really fully judge this move until we see what other moves they make this offseason. But I would personally be concerned if I'm a Suns fan just because of the salary tied to Beal, Booker, and Kevin Durant um, and this these upcoming salary cap restrictions. So it could get really interesting in Phoenix, and you could have a situation where, to be competitive, maybe they have to force someone out if things don't go well this season. Um, so moving on, we have a lot more to cover today, a lot of news that has gone on. One of the pieces of news, interestingly enough, is the John Morant suspension was announced and this was something that Adam Silver had mentioned. We don't want to take away from the NBA Finals. So we're going to wait and announce this, I guess, immediately after the Finals so that <laughs> conversation immediately shifts away from the Finals after it happens. But that's how the news cycle works. So I, I see it as kind of humorous, but it's understandable because the conversation was going to change away from Denver pretty quickly anyway. But anyway, as you've probably heard, John Morant suspended for 25 games, I guess, repeat offense of brandishing a weapon, uh, a pistol specifically on his, well, not even his social media, uh, a friend's social media in this second offense. John Morant was seen holding a gun while they were listening to music and, and dancing in, uh, I believe, an SUV. Um Fair or foul for a 25-game suspension at this point, Justin? That's tough because technically, so in that regard, I understand frustration in terms of the length of the suspension. But I do see it's fair. I mean, look, basically, John Morant lied. He went back in his word. I mean, I think we both thought him going, what was it, to Florida for, quote-unquote, I don't know what you call it, rehab or some kind of just um, help. <laughs> yeah. And we, we, I think we thought it was a farce, and, and that proves that. It makes you think you have to drop the hammer on him. And ultimately, I think, in particular, it's like what kind of message are you sending? Like what is, what is this guy going to do? Like it's just one of those things where he's being reckless with a weapon and this is not him going to the shooting range. This is not him because there's plenty of people that have guns and that's perfectly fine to do, um, to do that. But I just think where he has brandished weapons in a pretty reckless manner um, that has to really evaluate. And I think they made the right decision. Gotcha. Yeah, it's um, 
you know, I think the the true foul here in going with how I frame that question, which may have been a little unfair. Um, I, I think the true foul here is what you mentioned earlier, which is a great point that that rehab or whatever it was that happened was kind of a joke. Uh, I mean, when someone is having serious issues and they go to rehab, it, it it's not like one week away and then you go back to your job and go back into the same environment that kind of caused the problems in the first place. So I think that's, that's kind of one of the bigger fouls. I, I do wonder hindsight being 2020, if they would have been better off just getting this suspension off initially, even though it would have looked harsher, it would have given him maybe more time uh, or his team around him, maybe accepting that he needs to take the rest of the season off, get his head right, and then come back into the next season you know, refreshed and everything. Um, consequence for John Morant is that he will be ineligible for a lot of bonuses next year because he will be ineligible for regular season awards. Things like the all NBA teams, uh, things like of course, MVP and, and other regular season awards, because he'll only be playing if he serves that full 25 game suspension, he'll only be playing 57 games, uh, which is not a, no longer enough to qualify uh, for those regular season awards. So I think that's an interesting element. I mean, truly, literally paying for his actions. Um, and, and I mean, for myself, I mean, my view is always you should not put young athletes, especially young 20 some year old males on a pedestal because just as young men, we are prone to doing stupid things, making <laughs> stupid mistakes. So I think everyone should take caution in, you know, who you place as like a role model or, or a hero or an icon. Um, and, and clearly, you know, it's a situation now where jaw has admitted himself multiple times. He, he needs to mature and, and grow out of this. And it's, it's sad because he's at the top of the NBA at such a young age, he has outshined Zion Williamson so far in his career, which people on draft night were not projecting that that would be the case. Certainly. I mean, Zion was uh, like the, the odds on favorite, like almost a situation like you bet your life, this guy's going to be the most successful draft process prospect in this class. Uh, we'll talk about Zion in a minute here, but um, I think with, you know, I, I don't want to name any specific names or get too political or anything, but the NBA also supports specific political party initiatives and the gun thing goes against that political support that they're giving and that most of the players can't say all really, but um, most of the motion in the league and certain initiatives that they're promoting goes directly against that. So um understandable to me from that sense why that suspension happened feels a little harsh to me but makes a lot of sense no i agree i think it's justify the drop the hammer so the league is in a spot where with john morant they are making this choice to you know as you said put the hammer down on john morant so that he can hopefully uh, clean up his act, mature a little bit, kind of kind of a forced maturity to uh, continue to have that cash flow and, and continue to grow as 
a business empire in in and of himself uh, with how successful he's been as a Nike brand. There's another situation brewing here that we haven't talked about yet on the podcast because it was very new news last week, but the story has blown up and it's who I just mentioned who was in the same draft class from 2019 as John Morant, number one pick, Zion Williamson, Pelican star, often injured, often unfortunately out of shape, maybe some of that tied to the injury situation. Um, but to say the least, it it has been a disappointment so far. I, I think overall is fair to say for Zion on the Pelicans. Um, I'm going to try to recap this situation, Justin, feel free to cut in, cut me off or, or add to it when I finish here. But basically we get an announcement that Zion with his significant other, uh, are expecting a child, uh, something that, that is wonderful news. So congratulations on that. Uh, things (laughs) take a turn, uh, for, the much wilder here. Um, yeah, to go left. <laughs> yes, yes, it does. Um, I want to be strategic about how I say this. So we get word on Twitter from uh, another, apparently one of Zion's um, partners, that uh, she may also be pregnant with um, with this child. I, I don't know that that's been confirmed yet. Uh, this. This uh, lady also happens to be an adult entertainer, which just kind of adds another element. Uh, she is, you know, media savvy. Um, so Zion's in hot water. Uh, and then the last I heard of this situation, uh, so I, I'm sorry, before we go there, she's sending out on social media text messages between her and Zion Williamson, allegedly. And uh, his plans to move her to New Orleans, all all kinds of things. And apparently this wasn't cleared up. So when Zion makes this news of of a child coming with his girlfriend, she's a little bit taken aback by this and wants, uh, I guess, some revenge here. Um, Now, the last I heard, Justin, and again, I I don't want to dive too much into this, but she's also alleging that she has video that might be released um, which I believe is also kind of blackmail and doesn't seem like what she's doing is, is legal at this point either. You got to imagine Zion's legal team is going to be on the case. I don't know. I'll, I'll leave it there. Please feel free to feel, fill in any gaps that I, I might have left out. And then um, also, I mean, we just talked about John Morant being suspended for conduct detrimental to the image of the league. Does this qualify as something where you could see, even though it's a very personal situation, it's become so public that maybe a suspension is warranted? So, Justin, even though this is a very personal situation, uh, I don't know. It's it's tough because you could argue it's damaging the image of the league, maybe playing into some harmful stereotypes about the NBA player in general. Um, do you think... We just talked about John Morant and him being suspended for tarnishing the image of the league, potentially. Um, How do you feel about Zion in this situation? Do you think any suspension is warranted here? Yeah. So there's several ways to to break this down. Uh, Number one, just real quickly, um, the adult entertainer, um, if if that is true, releasing the the tape, I think is despicable. So that's number one. 
Number yeah. two, in terms of tarnishing the league, I think there are some key differences. One, I think a gun with John Morant, especially within the, the strip club, very reckless. People could have gotten hurt. Um, number two, there's been some other incidents um, confirmed by the athletic that did go down that were of a violent nature. So I think that's to take it into account with John Morant. Um, compared to Zion, I think you have to wonder, one, does your, I guess, run-of-the-mill NBA fan, are they aware of this? I mean, is, is this getting outside to mainstream circles? Number two, like, what is the the damage of this exactly, right? Like, he has problems with his personal life. So does a lot of America. <laughs> so I don't really sure. understand. And I think for me, it's, it's hard to um, justify suspending him and, and really taking it super seriously unless there's some kind of, you know, crime committed in terms of assault um, of that. If he's committing a crime. Um, other than that, with his personal life, I don't think there's anything to warrant a suspension. I mean, look at with combat sports. I mean, Floyd Mayweather committed um, countless domestic violence um, mm. just issues. He never got in trouble. Same thing with Conor McGregor. Nothing happened. You know, you take a look at Mike Tyson. He went to jail, came back, and now he's a hero. So I just think, you know, in our society, one, I think with Zion, if anything, you know, <laughs> he's probably being praised to some extent, unfortunately. <laughs> Number two, I, I just think he – I just don't think it's going to really hurt the league out there. And I think it's up to really – you know, Charles Barkley came out with that commercial you know, in the 90s saying he's not a role model. Sure, these athletes are not a role model. That's true. You could take aspects from them in terms of how they are in terms of mimicking their on-the-court style, but to look at them as perfect human beings, you don't know them. Jim Rome had a really good point. This is back, I don't know, when I was in middle school, high school. You don't know a person until you get to know them. Even then, you don't know. <laughs> you get your friend, I mean, it happens all the time when you're friends with somebody for 20 years, and all of a sudden something happens. And you, you sure. have, it cuts people's off guard. So I just think it's up to parents. I think it's up to just if there's any, you know, younger listeners of this podcast, I think look at the people in your lives that are actually making a difference as role models. And I think to look at celebrities, athletes, you know, as this, you know, beacon of you know, being perfect, they're humans just like everybody else. They're going to make mistakes. So it's a long way to answer. I don't think a warrant, a suspension is warranted. I think that's ridiculous. If so, well, what are we going to police everybody's personal life? Yeah, um, I think so you're right on the money. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, no, I think you're right, and I I think there isn't the same kind of concern um, that they have compared to the John Morant situation, even though maybe. You could argue, I mean, if if we lived in a more, you know, moral society, maybe there there are some concerns that should be there. Uh, but I think you're right. And and I don't think he will get suspended uh, for this. But let's talk more specifically organizationally about the Pelicans. So you have, in my opinion, like kind of a big red flag in the injury thing, that past history, and then also the, the being out of shape thing. And now, you know, the the word on Zion that I remember hearing distinctly. And of course, you know, 
ESPN runs the NBA draft. I mean, they have an interest in promoting these players. Uh, they also, of course, broadcast NBA games. So the word on Zion coming in sees this high character, high class, you know, kind of kind of guy, um, just high character prospect. He's going to be awesome for your franchise, uh, not only on the court, but in the locker room as well. Well, now we see a little red flag here. And look, for the record, it's not just NBA players. It's certainly not just Zion. I mean, when you're young, we mentioned it with Ja. When you're when you're young, in your 20s, you have a lot of money, power, fame. These things do happen, unfortunately. And it it gets to people's heads. It's it's a lot to take in. And you make, you know, maybe some bad decisions, hopefully not many awful decisions, but sometimes that happens too. But if you look at those red flags that I mentioned, are you wanting to keep Zion around. I believe he has four more years left on a $195 million deal. Do you think there's any smoke, any reality to the fire of the trade rumors that are surrounding Zion right now? Or do you think in a couple of weeks, maybe this all blows over? Well, we're seeing with teams that they deny trading players and then they're trading. So I think, I think that uh, take them at their word or take it with a grain of salt. Um, in regards to trading him, I think that's a Jake Madison question of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. For in sure. terms of logistically, how that would work. Um, I guess in a fantasy scenario, if there's a way to get rid of him, I would. I think it's I over. would too. I, I just and I've been I'm a fan of Zion. I really am. I've been pushing ever since. I mean, honestly, he's the player I associate right before the pandemic. I mean, he that was his rookie year. Yeah. And I just think. What concerns me more about his way is that he's had no, from whatever reports have said, he has no communication with the Pelicans. That's mm. a massive concern. Like, it's just one of those things where he has, and JJ Reddick, he, he mentioned it when he was a teammate of his. Like, he has no connection with the team. He has no connection with the organization. And that tells me he's not taking his, you know, him losing the weight serious and him being in playing shape. I mean, you look at, you take a look at Jokic. Remember what was, and unfortunately, I think there's a little, I don't like the fat shaming that's been going on within the NBA recently, but I think you see it from a constructive criticism side of, you know, improving your fitness and conditioning on the court. I think you see the stars pay, pay dividends. You take a little Jokic, right? Like, remember that was a thing against him. And remember, I think those are pictures in Serbia. He's like ripping cutting the, uh, he's jacked now. Like, you know, we're trading pictures in our tech chain now, you know, he was coming <laughs> into the season. And now he's a champion. You look at Luca. You know, there's pictures of him getting in shape. You know, where you know, where he's from. So I think that is a part of the game. And I think with Charles, I think Moses Malone called him fat. He's like, hey, you cannot play in this right. league with your weight being this way. You saw with Charles Barkley for the most part, he was in phenomenal shape through his entire career. I would say. So I think with Zion, it's one of those things. I'm afraid that his career is going to be cut short. Like I really do personal problems aside. Like I think that's, that could be relevant in terms of this is attitude, but I don't know his personal life. So I'm just going to kind of extract it from the conversation of his playing career. But sure. I think in terms of what we've seen from a basketball standpoint, in my opinion, I, I think for you at the Pelicans, I think it's in your best interest just to cut bait with him and see which, what kind of value you can get. And especially in this draft where there's, you know, if you can, um, there might be some good players there. You might be able to make some kind of move. 
I think it's worth it. I mean, you already have, you know, Brandon Ingram, you have CJ McCollum. I mean, they're not a bad team. And I'm sure there's other teams that would be willing to take a chance on Zion. And maybe yep. it'd be a best for him to get out of there, you know, just to change the scenery, get the heck out of there. And they made their playoff run, gave the Suns a little bit of a scare yeah. without Zion. Zion yeah. wasn't involved in that. Um, yeah. And I think if you could leverage trading him to Charlotte and getting that number two pick, I mean, Charlotte gets the potential of a megastar that could, if if he turned things around, he could lift that franchise up quite a bit. You think about LaMelo and Zion together, that would be super fun awesome. if yeah. healthy and on the court together. Yeah, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. And then Pelicans, you land Scoot Henderson yeah. and go crazy with that. And he seems more and more from workout footage and uh, all accounts seems like he is going to be a legit guard uh, in this league for a long time to come. So I think almost could consider that a win-win type of situation. Wanted to touch on, you mentioned Jokic and and one thing too, that's fairly common that we've talked about before is NBA players do take typically at the earliest in their mid twenties, but typically in their late twenties, like Jokic 28, when he wins an NBA title, it takes time for these players to mature and grow in the league. And it seems like now with Zion you're in agreement with me and, and I'm in agreement with you that New Orleans probably isn't going to be the place where Zion matures. And if it were to be that place, it's going to be towards the end rather than soon in that four years remaining that he has on that deal. So I think with multiple red flags that we mentioned before, I, I do think it's time to trade Zion at this point as well. Yeah, agreed. So one more topic I want to touch on really quickly with you, Justin, we have kind of the, uh, I guess, blowback from some of the reactions that Jokic has been giving to the title. I guess there's sort of a, a sense, maybe he's too aloof for some people's taste. Um, there's, a, there's a whole clip that someone put together, um, wish I could credit or wish that I knew even who the person was who spliced it together, but all these Jokic answers, uh, you know, saying that they don't like going to work. No, they're lying. Uh, saying, you know, his reaction to <laughs> the Denver parade news that no, 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 we don't have a parade. I, I need to go home. Uh, when really he just ends up going to Vegas and partying anyway. Uh, there's um, been multiple things, you know, his, his sort of nonchalant answer right after he wins the title of, you know, this is good. The job is done. Now we can go home. Um, so Justin, I mean, the, the loyal listeners here know that you and I both are fans of Jokic and big fans of this Nuggets team. It may not be our team, but it's one of our side teams. Do you think there's fairness in that criticism that they give Jokic about being too nonchalant in all of this? How do you take his reactions? I think you have a lot of old school media and, 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 and to be fair, I, I am blaming them. We'll, and it could be, it could be new school media too, but I've seen it primarily from Dan Patrick and Dan, Dan Lebertard that have led mm. this criticism. And I think it's foolish. I, <laughs> It's one of those things, you heard about the same thing about Tim Duncan, right? He doesn't have any personality. He's boring. You know, same thing with the Detroit Pistons when they won. They're boring. They're just matter of fact. What do you want? Like, you're going to criticize John Morant 
going to criticize Zion Williamson. Great point. And then they're going to criticize Jokic for like, what? Doing his job? Spectacularly? <laughs> <laughs> Great point. And then, by the way, he does enjoy winning. There is footage of him. You know, Jamal, I don't know where they're at in the ball arena or the Denver. I think they're in ball arena. There's like a, a hot, what was it called? A cold tub? And, you know, I think it's uh, Murray and uh, Jokic. They're wrestling. They jump in. They're having a fun. They're enjoying the title. <laughs> but I don't, so is that guy, does that look something? He's miserable. Does that look like he's bummed out? He's diving in there. And then the parade, he's he like, care. I enjoy parade. Yeah, like he's enjoying the parade. He said himself he enjoyed the parade. So <laughs> I just, I think it's foolish for, I think, I don't know. These media, they want to act all high and mighty, and they want to think they're, you know, the elder statesmen of this traditional sports. Yeah. And, you know, they're no better than your, you know, young, you know, twelve-year-old on Twitter in terms of nitpicking, you know, you know, athletes or celebrities. They're the same way. So it's ridiculous. And as long as his play is of a great standard, and that doesn't include winning. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. That's just the way it goes. Um, as long as his play is of a certain standard, if it's of his previous years, then his attitude's irrelevant. As long as he's a great teammate, as long as he's kicking ass, then who cares? Like, it's, it's ridiculous, I think, just to have that criticism against him. I think it's, it's just stupid. But I'm not surprised. I just think, especially within sports, people want charisma. They want just that the flashiness, even though they won't admit it, that's what they want. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you're hundred percent right here. I, I think to add to that too, I think there's still this eternal hunt for like Michael Jordan comparison, like in, and in, in this sense, here, here's what I mean. I, I think they want to see when Jokic gave the answer that his number one priority is his family at home, his, his wife and his child, that's not as attractive as the Jordan, like, I'm going to die for this sport. I'm going to do everything to prove I'm the best. I'm going to give it all, you know, the typical, like, Jordan, Kobe type of stuff, um, you know, and and to their credit, not really mentioning their personal life, like, like a whole lot uh, in their life. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but they also, they weren't, like, tying in this, this family drama thing. It was with the media. It was all about like dedication to my craft and sport. Whereas Jokic is willing to say like, no, look, this is my priority. I, I do this to support them uh, in a way, which I think to most average fans and most people like away from the media scene, I've, I speak for myself. Certainly if, I, I love seeing this. I mean, this, this is something that I can I can show to my young kids and, and say like isn't this awesome how he he values his family life just like I value our family and and yet he's so great he's achieving this great status I mean doing things above and beyond what Wilt and Kareem were able to do in a in a playoff run um so I think there's that I think another element of this too you know if Dan Lebetard is was one of the folks you know hurling criticism at Jokic for this. I mean, I think it makes Jokic look all the more cool that he can kind of like do this so easily without caring, quote unquote, right. and for beat sure. your Miami Heat. Like, <laughs> like I mean, how much cooler does that make Jokic look? It, it always looks cooler when someone does something impressive and doesn't look impressed at themselves for doing it. Yeah. No, that's true. No, absolutely. I, I don't know. If you look at Jordan, 
like he wasn't the most charismatic guy. Like, can you remember one great quote from him? I mean, I'm struggling. Miss the shots you don't take. Yeah, uh, would be one of them. I'm sure we could find some others, but but you're right. He was he was a little <laughs> mellow, um, a little like kind of monotone in interviews. Yeah, I mean, gave great answers, very professional, but but not not very exciting in interviews. Extremely exciting on the basketball court. I just think I don't know. I think within combat sports, that's different because they're you're trying personality sells the fight. And so if you don't have a personality that does hurt you in terms of, you know, bringing people to watch you and team sports, it's just, it's your athleticism. It's your play. You, I mean, your kids gets paid the same way if he's trash talking guys on the court or if he wants to go home to his family. I mean, this play is, that's going to be indicative of how much money he's going to make. So I yeah, know. I do think I, there's I a case to be it. made for like face of the league status. You know, if, if you're going to move into that, if you're not entertaining for people, I think part of the reason he's getting he that criticism. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right there. I think part of the reason the criticism is coming is some of these talking heads are trying to draw out some further entertainment value from Jokic, uh, even though those criticisms may be unfair or unwarranted. They're, they're trying to like make their content. And so they've got to like attack Jokic because he's a pretty, pretty well-mannered guy, humble guy seemingly, um, and isn't giving you a whole lot of sound bites that are, are very controversial. No, I, it's just crazy to me. Cause I think people want this like perfect athlete and they you're right. Yeah. He's, people are humans like i don't i don't understand what you want like we, we see and he'll never be good enough no i mean we see it in golf right like john daly he drinks too much or <laughs> with like i don't know you pick or there's you know whatever boring golfer there was like in the 90s well he's too boring and then you know tiger woods he's like a robot and it's just like <laughs> like i mean just pumps to make too much yeah, it's like, I don't understand what, what more, do, I don't, it's just like, just ridiculous. And I, and I get why these athletes have so much contempt for the media, because it's just, it's stupid. <laughs> it's just, it's it's really asinine in terms of the things they, they go after you about, um, let alone like the on the court stuff. But yeah, if I'm Jokic, I'm enjoying his horses and his family and just chilling out in Serbia, so. All right. Well, another great in the lab. I, I think we had some deeper life lessons in this one, Justin. Right. I think we learned like if you are a young male coming up, you know, be careful who you associate with, be careful who your role models are. And we learned that no matter what you do, even if you're great, and maybe especially if you're great, you're always going to have some critics out there. <laughs> so yeah, don't worry okay. about that. Jokic, don't worry about that. Listen to us. We love you. Come on the pod. Yeah. Come talk to yeah. us. Agreed. <laughs> No doubt. All right. Well, be sure you guys, we will be back with another episode very soon. In the meantime, check out our evergreen content on our YouTube channel, on our podcast feed, uh, hoopsologypod at gmail.com. Send us an email, give us your thoughts, any mailbag topics for this summer. And for Justin Goodrum, I'm Matt Thomas. This has been another In the Lab. We'll see you next time. Peace. See you next time.